we recognize that every day we need to have a lifeline connection with God. Without that, we're not going to be able to make it through life. We're not going to be able to stand up and be the kind of people that God wants us to be or stand up and be the kind of people that we're wanting to be. And we recognize that one of the number one ways that we maintain that connection, one of the number one ways that we maintain having God actively part of our lives is through prayer. We're getting on our knees and humbling ourselves in His presence, confessing to Him, praising Him, laying out our cares and concerns before Him. And as we consider how to do that, as we consider how to be better prayers, stronger prayers, more consistent prayers, deeper prayers, most of us would view the Psalms as, a, as an epitome of a great prayer life. We see the psalmists and the way they laid their lives out before God and how they confessed and how they laid their concerns before the Lord. And, and we often think, I wish I could pray like that. And so we've been taking a look at those psalmists and how they prayed and the different aspects of their prayers. And we have learned that we want to be able to pray like they did. We have to have the relationship with God that they did. We've got to see God as they did. And we've got to see ourselves on our side of the relationship as they did. And the next thing that we need to understand is that if we want to pray as they did, we've got to see prayer the way they saw prayer. We've got to see prayer as importantly as they did. All too often, prayer can become for us the checklist. It's, it's homework. It's something we're supposed to do as Christians. What do we do? Oh, well, we go to the assemblies, we read our Bibles, and we pray. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. Now that I'm a Christian, I've got this three-point plan, and this is my checklist, my homework that I'm supposed to do every day. Let me get out my day planner and check it off. And when we do that, prayer becomes nothing more than just a, a daily ritual, a rite, but it can become meaningless and unimportant to us. Just something that, oh, I just got to do that today. And we lose the great importance of prayer. But that's not how the psalmists pray. When we look at the 150 psalms that they left for us, we understand that they had a relationship with God, they had an idea about where they were in that relationship with God, and they also had an understanding of prayer that made prayer absolutely essential for them. There's four things that I'd like to share with you today. As we take a look at the psalmists and how they viewed prayer, what prayer meant to them, and I think we'll see why prayer was so natural for them. And if we can adopt these four things and understand these four things about prayer as the psalmist did, then prayer will come much more naturally for us as well. Before we get into that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you because you are awesome and powerful. You're the great God who has blessed us in so many ways. You've given us life today and health, and you've given us sunshine You've given us this opportunity to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ. You've given us opportunity to meet new brothers and sisters who have traveled here, and we're thankful for them and pray your greatest blessings upon them. You've given us an opportunity to sing praises to you. You've given us an opportunity to pray to you. You've given us this opportunity today to remember your son and his sacrifice for us. You've given us an opportunity to participate in your work by giving of our means to give back to you. And now you're giving us an opportunity to study your word, and we pray that you would be with us throughout this time be with me, help me to have the proper motivation and understanding to speak forth your word about you, not about me. Father, under your name, be the glory and not unto us. We pray that you would help us today as we study this to take these lessons and make them an integral part of our lives as we strive to glorify you and lift you up. Thank you for this congregation. 
And help us to be a shining light throughout this community, to draw others into your family and to your son. Through his name we pray. Amen. The very first thing that we need to recognize is that the psalmist viewed prayer as necessary. When I say that they viewed prayer as necessary, they didn't view prayer as necessary in a rule-based kind of idea. Our sermons today, in fact, I've preached sermons like this. If we were talking about prayer and we were just outside the Psalms, we might ask the question, why pray? And point number one in the sermon would be, well, we pray because God commanded us to. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. So why do we pray? Because it's necessary. Because God commanded us to pray, therefore it's necessary. Now the psalmist saw it as necessary, but it wasn't a rules-based necessity. It wasn't the idea that God said we have to, so we better. It was rather the idea that I can't survive without prayer. Prayer is necessary to my survival. It's necessary because I'm in a battle with the enemy. It's necessary because sin fills this world. And if I'm going to overcome, I've got to be connected to God. Prayer is necessary because I need God. And we're going to be going back and forth in the Psalms today. And to make it a little bit easier, I've got most of the, the Scriptures up on the screen for us today. But we'll notice in Psalm 145, the psalmist said, The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him. Do you want to be preserved? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be heard? Do you want God to be near to you? There's only one way. You've got to be a prayer. There is no way to have any of that relationship with God if we are not on our knees in prayer. And the psalmist understood that. The psalmist recognized, if I want God near me, if I want preservation, if I want salvation, I have to pray. Or none of that's going to happen. It wasn't a checklist item. It wasn't a homework assignment. It wasn't just something to get off of the to-do list. So I've done all my things for today. It was the recognition that if I don't come into today, into the battles that I face, with prayer, I'm just not going to make it. I'm just not going to make it. And the psalmist understood when they saw this idea of prayer as necessary, they recognized that it wasn't necessary for God. The psalmist understood that, that prayer wasn't something that they were doing for God's benefit. It wasn't, I'm praying so that God will know what I'm going through, or, or praying so that God knows what I need. They didn't pray because God needed them to pray. They prayed because they understood they needed what God offered through prayer. We, we need to pray for that reason. We need to understand that God doesn't need us to pray. We're not doing God any favors by praying. Rather, we need what God offers us through prayer. In Psalm 50, verses 12 and 15, God said, If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. See, God doesn't need what we have to offer. He's God. But he goes on to say, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. God doesn't need our prayers. We need God. Therefore, we need to pray. We need to see prayer in this way. If we simply see prayer as a rule that I need to go through every day, we're not going to pray like the Psalms. But when we come to grips with the fact that we need God, and we need what God offers us through prayer, and prayer becomes necessary to us for that reason. 
It becomes a survival skill, a lifeline to make it through our day. Once we see that, then we'll be able to pray as the psalmist did. The psalmist viewed prayer as necessary. The psalmist also viewed prayer as heard. God hears our prayers. I think the mere abundance of the psalms demonstrates that. There's 150 of them. Who would write 150 psalms and prayers that are just going out to the night air that nobody is paying attention to? The reason the psalmist continued with this writing and the reason the Hebrews took these writings and made them their own and used them in their, in their congregational worship, in their individual worship, in their lives, is because they believed that God was in fact listening to what they were saying. God hears. I think this is probably one of our biggest problems that, that comes with prayer for us is that Sometimes we have this idea of the far-off, distant God who maybe, if we do enough things right, might be convinced to intervene in our lives and, and come down from His far-off throne. But that's not the psalmist's view. The psalmist's view, remember what we said their view of God was that He's near. Here, when they understood prayer, they recognized that prayer is heard. God hears the prayers. God doesn't always grant the prayers, but God hears. God is listening. God cares. Over and over again, the psalmist demonstrates this. Even in the lament psalms, even in the psalms where they're complaining, and their complaints sometimes seem to us almost blasphemous, even in those psalms, with the possible exception of Psalm 88, we see over and over again they believe that at the very least their prayer is being heard. Just a few examples. In Psalm 6, verse 8 through 9, The Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. And then again in Psalm 18 and verse 6, I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. From His temple He heard my voice, and my cry to Him reached His ears. Then in Psalm 61 and verse 5, For you, O God, have heard my vows. And then Psalm 106 and verse 44, Nevertheless, He looked upon their distress when He heard their cry. And then in Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2, I love the Lord. Why? Because He has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. He inclined His ear to me. When we recognize that prayer is heard, that God really is listening, we'll pray like the psalmist. This is tough, I think. It's tough for me. And if I want to talk to Gordon, I can go up to Gordon and I can talk to Gordon. And, and if Gordon's looking at me, I think he's listening. And it makes it easy to have a conversation with him. With God, of course, we don't see His presence. We don't see His eyes. We don't hear His literal voice. And so it's harder for us to recognize this. But it's the same with the psalmist. They didn't have God visibly in front of them, and yet their great faith was that God is near and God is listening. He hears every word uttered. He may not say yes to every request, but He's there, He's listening, He cares. And it doesn't matter where I am, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, it doesn't matter what I'm praying, God is listening and hears. And when we understand that, that no matter where we are or what we're going through, that God is right there waiting to hear our praise and our confession and our petitions and our cares and our concerns, prayer will become much more natural for us. The psalmist saw that prayer was necessary. The psalmist said that prayer is heard. 
The third thing we recognize for the psalmist is that the psalmist said, prayer works. Prayer works. I can pray and it actually accomplishes something. Now, I do have to admit that I am using this phrase somewhat accommodatively. Because I think it's very important for us to understand that prayer itself is not something mystical and magical that has some kind of formula and power so that, that when I'm praying, it the prayer itself does things. Rather, God is the one who is working because of our prayers. And we need to understand that distinction. But just in shorthand, we might say, prayer works. I pray because I want to impact God. And what we learn from the psalmist is that it does. Prayer really does impact God. I don't understand all the ways in that works. I know we can get into these eternal questions of of curiosity about how it is that we pray and God is impacted and and he might do something. All I know is that the psalmist recognized that when they prayed, God acted. We need to understand that. Prayer works. That's the thing that we need to remember. Now, let's take a look at what the psalmist said about prayer and prayer working. In Psalm 34 and verse 4, it said, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Do you see what it's saying there? Prayer works. I sought the Lord. He answered me. I was oppressed. I was in prison. And He delivered me. I was afraid and He took my fears away. When did that happen? When I prayed. Prayer works. In Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. Notice how this ties in with what we just said. That God hears our prayers, but even beyond hearing our prayers, God acts because of that. The psalmist here says, God heard me. He inclined his ear. But more importantly, he did something. There I was in the miry pit, and God lifted me up out of that. When did that happen? When I waited patiently for him and inclined my, and and I, and I prayed to him. He inclined his ear to me. And you answer. In Psalm 81 and verse 7, it says, In distress you called. This is now God talking to the psalmist. In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. We see the psalmist saying that when I pray, it works. And here's God's Word Himself. He says, when you pray, it works. I heard you, and I came, and I answered, and I delivered. This is what God is telling us about our prayers. In Psalm 118 and verse 5, It says, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. Have you ever felt like you're in bondage? I mean, we're Christians. We've been set free by the blood of Christ, but even as we walk through this path of Christianity and serve the Lord, there are times when we feel bound by doubt, by fear, by struggles, by troubles. What the psalmist says is when we pray, it works. God delivers. God sets free. God responds. I'm not saying that God says yes to every request we ever have. I think y'all had a lesson about that last week, didn't you? Just saying that when we pray, it works. And so the psalmist prayed. When we grasp that, when we understand that, and this is perhaps a very big one too, 
So often we have the idea that prayer doesn't work. And the reason we have the idea that prayer doesn't work is because too often we have the shallow idea that prayer is only working if I pray for X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z happen. <laughs> That's really not what prayer is about. Too often we have the idea that prayer is about bending God to our will, and if God didn't do what we asked, then prayer didn't work. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about us being broken to God's will. And when we pray as the psalmist did, we recognize prayer works. It draws us to God and it draws God to us. And it prompts God's will to be done in our lives and in what's going on around us. So the psalmist said, prayer is necessary, prayer is heard, and prayer works. And finally, and this is the most important point that we need to recognize, the psalmist understood that prayer is life. Prayer is life. What I mean by that is, if you want to gauge your life in Christ, Gauge your prayers. Now, I understand that there are those who are not in Christ that do a lot of talking to God. If you're not in Christ, you can say a lot of things, and that doesn't show that you have a spiritual life. But if you're in Christ, your spiritual life can be judged based on your praying, because prayer is life. And this is especially true of the praise aspect of prayer. Over and over and over again, the psalmist demonstrates that where there is death, there is no praise. But where there is life, praise and prayer abound. Notice some of these passages. In Psalm 6 and verse 5, For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? In Psalm 30 and verse 9, what profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, what will the dust, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? In Psalm 88 and verse 10, do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Psalm 115 and verse 17, the dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. <clears throat> Psalm 118 and verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. And finally, Psalm 119, 175, Let my soul live and praise you. I love a statement by a guy named Klaus Westermann. In his book, Praise and Lament in the Psalms, he said, All these sentences have the meaning that only there where death is, is there no praise. Where there is life, there is praise. Praise and prayer is life. Life is praise and prayer. They just go hand in hand. If there is no praise and prayer, there is death there. If we are to be as the psalmist, we would hope that when we cease to praise, it's because we have physically died. Not because we're here on the earth and just spiritually dead. We've all heard the story about the new convert that was in the church's assembly and, and uh, loved the song. And, and at the end of the song, instead of saying amen, which we know is the scriptural thing we're allowed to say, he said, praise the Lord. 
And one of the elders went after This didn't happen here, by the way, I don't think. But one of the elders went up to him afterwards and said, Brother, we don't praise the Lord here. That says something. Where there is life, there is praise. And there is prayer. And there can't be too much of it. The moment we start limiting our prayers is the moment we're saying that we're dying. The moment we start saying someone is praying too much and they shouldn't be praying. All we're saying about ourselves is that we're dying. The psalmist understood that prayer is life. If we can grasp these four concepts about prayer, if we can see prayer in these ways, then prayer will be much more natural. You know, I keep saying, I I, I think I've said in these series, boy, if we see these things, prayer will be easy. You know, actually, prayer probably won't ever be easy. Prayer is work. Praying like the psalmist did is tough. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. But if we can grasp this, prayer will no longer be the homework checklist. Prayer will be our natural response to God and life. Because we won't want to face a single day without reaching out and connecting to God. I often tell the story about the fellow and his prayer. He said, God, today I've done pretty well. I haven't lied. I haven't cheated. I haven't stolen. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lusted. I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't yelled at my wife or my kids. But in just a minute, I'm going to be getting out of bed. And it's going to get a little bit harder after that. You know, when we can understand... that every aspect of what we're doing needs God. When we can grasp that without that constant connection to our God, we're not going to make it through the day successfully. Oh, sure, we might survive physically. But we're not going to make it through the day. When we grasp that and we see the necessity, and we know that God is listening, and we know that our prayer works, and we know that prayer is life, prayer will be much more natural for us. And we'll pray a lot more like this psalmist did. How are you doing on prayer?